Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Rudo and Megan coming directly from the rink to do the post game show. Working hard today. Glad you could make it. Uh, Avs lose, unfortunately, to the Tampa Bay Lightning in the shootout, four to three. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think a lot of people feel a lot of different ways about this game, so. I will get into it in a little bit. First, got the 60-second rundown for you, so you learn how I feel about it. Avs started off strong. The first half of the first period was really quality hockey from them. They get the early goal from Lekkanen that really sets them off on the right foot. The second half, Tampa pushes back pretty heavily, ends up being a relatively even period on the underlines. I think the Avs were a little bit on the negative side, but the Avs get out of that period up one. The second period, uh, this game kind of took off. You started to get a lot of action all over the place in this one, uh, including a fight with JT Comfer, by the way. That was kind of crazy on a, on a goalie interference that I'm sure we'll talk about. But the Avs score one more, and Tampa scores one more. An incredible play by Bowen Byram on the Avs goal to feed Nathan McKinnon. Uh, on the other side, the Avs get caught a little bit, give up a two-on-one, and it costs them. Get into the third period, the Avs get shelled early on, almost immediately give up a goal to Tampa Bay on a weird, fluttery, floaty puck. They get it back from Dennis Mulligan, of all people, to 3-2, and then Curtis McDermott uh, misplays a puck. It's 3-3. That takes them to overtime in the shootout, where the overtime was weird and bad from both teams, I felt like, and the shootout, unfortunately, Vassy was just one save better than Georgiev, and the Avs lose. Uh, I really didn't have that big of a problem with this loss, but I imagine you guys probably want to hear Jared Bednar's thoughts more than you want to hear mine. Megan got the audio for us, so as as Tiff looks it up. You know, Jared Bednar also didn't hate this hockey game, so. Sometimes I agree with the coach. It does happen on occasion. <laughs> it, we'll see. We'll see. I'm curious what he has to say. I haven't heard the audio yet, so. Go ahead, guys. Thank you for the $2 vaguely. Uh, happy Mulligan Goal Day. You're cool. good. We'll get to the audio when it's ready. No big deal. In the meantime, Megan, was Georgiev good enough tonight? Yes. I'm just trying to make sure I'm covering my bases sure. before I am quick to say yes. And I, I still do feel like he was good enough. It, I agree. Yeah. Like, even though the Avs were creating a lot of opportunities, Tampa Bay's opportunities were very dangerous. Yep. And he had a lot of support from a perfect penalty kill, so he wasn't tested big in those moments. But there were still a lot of dangerous chances five on five that he had to contend with. And he came up with timely saves in those moments. So I, I do think, too, it coming down to a goaltender mm -hmm. showdown in the fashion of a shootout was very appropriate for this game because I – was satisfied with Georgiev's performance. I was as well. Uh, we'll talk about the second goal he gives up. It's kind of a weird one, but certainly the first and third. Yeah, I don't know how you put those on Georgiev at all. So you got what you needed out of him. You got what you needed out of Nathan McKinnon. You got what you needed out of your depth scoring. I, I would dare even say you got what you needed out of the Avalanche tonight. You just look at a team that's missing half their defense playing a good hockey team, and life's hard. The defense was spread really thin. I, especially in the first and in the second period, thought that they covered their zone really well and did a lot of things right. And they did lean on Gerard Taves very heavily. Yep. Byram did end up becoming an important player in this game as well. But they also did have to give minutes to Curtis McDermott, yep. who actually made not bad appearances on the penalty kill. He was good on the PK, I would even argue. Specifically just there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that also then required some trust in Brad Hunt, who I also don't think had a bad game, and Andreas Englund, who did have some tougher moments, but on the whole wasn't awful. But it, it really began to show the ways in which the Taves, Gerard, and Byram were spread a little thin. And, and that's the way you put it at the start, too, I think, is, is spot on. There's The Avs don't have any other choice. Their options are drive their top guys that are healthy, just destroy their legs, and basically punt on tomorrow's game against Minnesota, or play some guys maybe you don't trust more minutes. Now, because this game went to overtime, they kind of ended up doing both, which is unfortunate. Uh, but 
you got to live with what you got to work with sometimes. Unfortunately, I think it kind of cost the abs tonight. But that's hockey. It's something I'm evaluating, too, with respect to Josh Manson, who will be likely to play tomorrow with Minnesota and will have fresh legs under him. I doubt that it's really that intentional. Like, we kept him out of this of Tampa game, so he'd have fresh legs for Minnesota. I think if he was ready to go, they recognized why they would want to get two points out of this game instead of just the one. They wouldn't withhold Manson for that reason alone. But it did work out to the benefit of Manson that he will have fresh legs under him. He didn't play in this game that goes outside of regulation because that would just spread them even thinner. Yep. It, it, it works out sometimes. Maybe it was a, hey, if this was a playoff game, Manson could go. But one, we know the Evs of the past couple of years have been very comfortable not rushing guys back. Two, when you add the bonus, bonus benefit of him being fresh tomorrow, assuming he does play, which is not guaranteed, um, it's just another guy that the Avs can rely on a little bit more. Jared Bednar suggested as much that Manson was likely, but he did say that McCarr would not be playing tomorrow. Yeah. Which, unfortunate, but uh, you know, I think not all that surprising that McCarr isn't ready to go to yet. Yet he wasn't a non-contact this morning, so. Expected stuff. It sounds like we have the Bednar audio ready to go. So let's see what Jared thought about the game. Did you like put up something so we're not wildly staring into the chat's eyes? Yeah, I, I liked the game. I thought it was in, you know, relatively even played hockey game. Two good teams played, both teams played hard. Both teams generated some good chances. You know, I, I like their start. You know, get on the board a couple times. We probably capitalized on a few of our chances. They missed on a few of theirs, and then that kind of changed a little later on in the game. I thought we had some opportunities at 2 nothing to stretch the lead out to 3. We didn't capitalize on them. Vasilevsky makes some saves. We get a couple power plays in that time frame. We're unable to capitalize. Um, but overall, like hard-fought hockey game, you know, like to push back after they made it 2-2 again, had some good chances even late in the game, Confer especially that front. Oh, pretty good pretty good hockey game against a good team, you know, just where I'd like to come up with two points instead of one. Widening it to sort of the two games against Tampa, you mentioned that you like the way you guys played in Tampa despite that result. Is it sort of, you know, a good team that you're playing against, a championship caliber team? You played two pretty good games and it's promising despite the results or yeah I mean yeah I, I didn't like the way we finished the Tampa game but I certainly thought um, you know through you know 30 or more minutes 40 maybe that we were playing some good hockey and um, you know they capitalized on their chances that night we gave them a couple that you know I didn't love the breakdowns on same thing tonight though you know like the goals that we gave up weren't necessarily that they were on a big push. We just made some mistakes and gave up some chances. So we'll look at it, review it, show it, and learn from it. Um, but, you know, like we, we forced them into some mistakes too and had some really good chances. Tonight we did a better job of scoring on some of our chances. And um, I think it was a more complete game tonight. But I think there's positive signs there for sure. Byron played a lot tonight. Yeah, blocking the penalty, kill and assist. What, what did you think of his game? Yeah, I thought I thought that those D were good. Gerard, Taze, Byram, you know, uh, running thin on the back end. Those guys were especially good. You know, they played a lot of minutes. Those guys and under you know difficult circumstances against their top six. So it's it's a difficult task. They did a nice job. Jared, you got it. Things there, but he chalks it up to a hard fought hockey game. He thinks that there were some chances that the Avs didn't capitalize on that they could have utilized to stretch the lead a little bit, but he wasn't completely dissatisfied. And on the whole, too, between these two games, he liked the first two periods of the first Tampa Bay game. He just acknowledged the caliber of competition, too, that Camp, uh, Tampa Bay presented. And isn't terribly unhappy with it. He talks a little bit about Byram, too, and he yeah. acknowledged similar things that we were just talking about, how when they were spread thin, guys like Taves and Byram especially stepped up in a big way tonight. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm just going to be honest with you. If In a world where the Evs make the Cup Finals again and it's against Tampa again, if their defense includes Curtis McDermott, Brad Hunt, and Andreas Englund, they're probably not winning that series. 
uh, you know, nothing against those guys. It's just the reality of the caliber of a team that Tampa Bay is. So the fact that they even get a point out of this game, yeah, I definitely think there's an argument that you wanted to. Maybe they even should have had two, but they got at least one. I said in the pregame they need three out of the out of the back to back. So they're on pace for that they're potentially. <laughs> we'll see. But uh, since he brought up Bo, I think we should expand on that. Um, he looked really good. <laughs> I, I not on the score sheet in some of the ways. Yes, he had the one great assist to McKinnon, but I think. You can see, even with the guys that are out, how much stability someone like Bo can bring to the Avs lineup. I think it's encouraging, too, because you could probably make the argument that he's still getting his legs under him a little bit and getting adjusted to game speed in ways. And to see him, especially because I did credit the D-zone coverage in the first period and the second period, I actually thought that was a strength of the team, and he's a part of that. He's a part yep. of why the penalty kill was so successful tonight. He was blocking shots. He was getting in lanes. And he honestly, like on the whole too, but he was a big part of this heavy player generating chances, like gets a couple attempts blocked. So he's not afraid to jump into the offensive play, but he did a, a very good job of defending his own end too. And you look at him being such a young player and taking on that responsibility. It's very encouraging. It is. And I, I think part of that is, the responsibility he understands who he's out there with at any given time. You see him a little bit more willing to dial up the offense. If he looks to his side and he sees a Sam Gerrard or a Devon Taves, then he looks to his side and he sees a Curtis, Curtis McDermott, Brad Hunt, Andreas Englund. He understands he has to read the play and it might be his job to be the last man back in situations like that. So I, I agree 100%. We were talking about it up here uh, while you were at the game He's he's wise beyond his years, for sure, when it comes to an NHL defenseman that really doesn't have that much experience under his belt. Um, I, I don't know if we have the graphic ready, but if we do, look at She's so fast. Bo, Bo's getting our king of the game. Scrappy. <laughs> One assist. I love it. It It is an interesting thing, too. And, and Bo was kind of at the start of this. Got into it a little bit with Corey Perry early in the game. Uh, Perry did give him a bit of a face wash live during play. And he, he gives it right back. Bo is not a guy that's going to take any of that for free. He's going he's gonna to make you hear about it at the very least. What did, what did you think of the, the chippiness level in this game, Megan? Expected or was it a little bit uh, more than you thought it might be? I thought it was expected because of the chippiness out the gate in the original Tampa game and even with how it ends with Maroon and McDermott. Yeah. So I felt like there would be some tensions that boil over into this game. But it still came about in ways that I wouldn't have expected either. I'm sure you plan to talk about JT Comfer yeah. <laughs> getting into a fight. Yeah. Um, I can't tell, too. Like, he's not the first to drop his gloves, but he is the one expressing his displeasure. So I wonder if he's saying, hey, let's do this. And that's sort of he, he prompts it or what. But, you know, I like to see a player willing to defend their goaltender, even though there was going to be a penalty on the play already. The I'm, principle of it. We're in this room, so let's just talk about it. One, I don't even think that should have been a penalty. Uh, Bo pretty clearly pushes him in. Back into Yuryev. Yeah, and, and, you know, maybe he sells it a little bit by falling down on him, but... I think he completely sells it, to be honest. I only saw one replay, so I could be dramatic, but I really feel like Bo's bottom just bumps him a little bit i thought it was a pretty decent bump from Bo. i thought it was pretty decent but you know uh i, I could be wrong I'd, I'd have to go back and really break it down you know staring at Bo's butt on valentine's day it's just par for the course all right i don't know <laughs> how to rewatch it though so hopefully someone clipped it <laughs> there you, you actually probably can't rewatch it I you can, clip a yes. lot of things <laughs> uh either way it was in it was interesting I I didn't love the fight personally. I don't think it's necessary. Again, I didn't think it was a penalty, so I don't think Comfer really needed to stand up for his goalie there. But I definitely can see how certainly the people on the team would appreciate JT doing that, going out and as a guy who's not a fighter, still being willing to to be part of that effort and pushing the abs the right direction. Uh, wasn't that much of a fight? No. 
a kind of a, a grab and hold and fall on each other moment. But hey, I respect it nonetheless. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, so uh, there were a lot of just like weird things like that in this game, though. The chippiness. We already mentioned the Byram stuff. A lot of people just getting into shoving matches along the benches and things like that. Uh, it was weird because I, I, I understand the playoff atmosphere feel of it, but it felt almost a little bit over the top to me. I, there was a play, uh, New Hook got taken out near the Tampa Bay bench that I didn't fully understand. And even Pat Maroon getting mouthy with Andreas England also just felt like he was baiting that kind of tension. I think yeah. maybe this is partly a strategy too. Tampa has usually a very lethal power play and they are probably trying to see how undisciplined Colorado, Colorado might be and hoping to use that against them in some way. And they, they were rewarded with lots of power play chances, but I don't think it was born from the chippiness specifically. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I have absolutely no interest in talking about the refing tonight. I don't think it was that bad. Twitter might disagree with me, but... I didn't notice an issue with officiating. It, uh, Twitter was mad about some things going uncalled on Tampa. Okay. Maybe you could argue the Logan O'Connor call at the end was a little bit shit, a little bit soft, but I really don't think it's that big a deal. And, it, and it's at this point, look, bad refing is something that you just have to play through in the NHL. They're, the NHL is not making an effort to make it better, so it's just going to be what it is. Uh, not an excuse. Moving on, let's let's rewind it back. Let's get back to the start of the game here. Are Arturi Lekkinen and Nathan McKinnon just stuck together at the hip now? Is there anything you would separate them for? No, they complement each other so well. And I think, too, the way that Nathan McKinnon plays has evolved to reward the type of player that Arturi Lekkinen is because this play begins with a controlled entry Yep. a rebound that is retrieved and that requires everybody in the zone at that point to be hungry for that puck. And that hard work is rewarded and it's set up from Nathan McKinnon to Arturi Lekkinen and he finds the back of the net. It's important for these two to stick by each other because of how they complement one another. And I, I, I do think it's important that they got a goal from that top line. We kind of talked about it in the last Tampa Bay game. Top line gets it done. Everyone goes, okay, right. Vasilevsky's a human being. You can beat him. Pucks can go in the net behind him. Dennis Mogan yeah. can beat Andre Vasilevsky. No excuses at that point. Not, not that I'm trying to make fun of Dennis Mogan, but it's his first as an av, so, you know, it's the way it goes. Uh, either way, those are the guys you look to, to to get the start right for the abs, and that's what they did, so... Didn't give him king of the game, but certainly do want to give credit to the Av stars, or certainly to Nathan McKinnon and Arturi Lekkinen. Nico, eh, kind of even more out of tonight, but <laughs> he had one of the best chances in overtime. Yep. But yeah, he, he was maybe less visible compared to some of the others. Even Val Nichushkin, I thought, yeah, I we've agree. said, isn't at a hundred percent. Looked a lot better tonight and was. Honestly, he's a screen, too, on this Lekkinen goal. Like, he's just as much a part of how this happens that credit to, to Van der Chushkin as well. He was visible. Absolutely true. I, Bassey is hard to beat, despite what I just said. If he can see the puck, hard to get it by him at times. Uh, it's kind of a weird game because, again, I really do think there's a lot of positives to take out of this for Colorado. It's not perfect, but... You went toe-to-toe -to -toe with one of the best teams in the league missing half your defense. I just don't know how you can be that upset about it. Uh, either way, we'll, we'll get into some of the negatives in a second here. We are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get your Breck brew today down at the bar, of course, eight different kinds on tap, or find them at your local liquor store. Use the Breck beer locator online at breckbrew.com. And you still have time to get into the ultimate fan experience with Breck Brew. Make sure you're following us, DNVR Avalanche, and Breck Brew on Twitter. When you go to that QR code right there, you can sign up to enter. It's row five? Yeah, row five tickets to an Avs game on March 9th. You can see right there against LA. You also get Club Lexus access. You get parking pass. You get two free DNVR shirts. You get the works, basically. You get to go have a great time at an Avalanche game. Costs you nothing to enter. Just a couple of follows and a click a link, and you're entered to win. So you might as well jump in on it. 
and have a good time with it. Uh, we're also brought to you by the amazing people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, you must be 21 and older to use it, but you can bet on all sorts of amazing things with DraftKings, whether it be the Avalanche or against the Avalanche. Like we said, it's Valentine's Day. Might have been a good day to emotional hedge. Just throwing it out there. If there's ever been a day to do it, it's Valentine's Day. Of course, you can bet on you know teams that are actually at the top of their conference and divisions, like the Nuggets. So probably some good bets over there. The football season is over, which I think uh, everyone on this podcast is happy about. <laughs> Uh, True, but <laughs> I guess I'm not happy it's over. I just that's yeah, I, right. It, I mean, I, I'm kind of happy it's over. People will talk about it marginally less now. <laughs> I'm scared to participate. People are very passionate about football, and, that, and that's cool. I'm I'm totally fine with you loving football, but now you can come here and talk hockey with us instead. Loving all right, my face a little less though. <laughs> Either way, you can get over to DraftKings Sportsbook today. Use the DNVR code when you sign up for a new account. You get amazing odds boosts every single day. But right now, when you bet $5 on, is it the NBA? I don't know. I don't know what their current deal is. Uh, right now, when you bet $5 on anything, apparently, you get $200 in free bets. So I utilize that promotion yeah, that's how you made a million dollars on Alex Newhook, right? That's how I made a lot of money. <laughs> Not a million dollars. I'm still here. <laughs> She'd be long gone if she made that much money. <laughs> I don't think I would, to be fair. How much would it take? 10 mil? Well, here's the thing. I like what I do so much. Yeah. That's corny. Moving on. <laughs> Get your DraftKings Sportsbook account. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. See the show notes down below for details. Uh, of course, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. Second period of this hockey game. Get it into some of the some of the positives, some of the negatives as this game goes on. I'm, I'm just not complaining about the first period. The Avs survived it. They're up 1-0. I think you take that every single day. Second period, you get up 2-0. You give the goal back on a weird play where... The Avs get the puck up the ice. Sam Gerrard commits into the zone. And then Evan Rodriguez doesn't really cover back properly for him. So a quick exit from Tampa leads to a two-on-one. Ends up in the back of their net with Devon Taves lonely on Valentine's Day back there alone on a two-on-one. Is this something that just happens, Megan? Or is this something you'd like to see the Avs clean up? Well, it is something you'd like to see them clean up because it feels like a very avoidable odd man rush and is this the one of the failed jt confer shot rims around the board or am i mistaking that with a later goal i th think Actually, that's this one it might be the notes. second one let's see no it must be this one it must be this one that is that is weird it's avoidable yeah they have plenty of ice in the neutral zone to figure that out and also to see that the puck is being rimmed around the boards and creating a rush the other way it, it, I don't even know like whether I blame Gerard or or Erod on this necessarily. I think Comfort definitely takes some of the blame. It's just a bad shot that ends up rooming out of the zone. But Gerard and Erod need to be communicating in some way there because if Gerard's going to pinch, that's fine. The Avs pretty regularly have their defensemen pinch in when they're jumping into the zone like that. But Erod either needs to be told or needs to recognize. It's his job to be on the back end of that. If the if the puck is coming out of the zone in that situation, he just gets a little bit caught, can't get back to cover his guy. Taves tries, but two-on-ones are hard. Two-on-ones are hard. It was a beautiful cross-slot pass, and there just wasn't a lot that he could do once it gets through yep. the slot like that. So that one, and again, you know, every goal there's something you can improve on. That one, it isn't necessarily the goal itself, but the play leading to the opportunity Very that you're avoidable. trying to clean up. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to blame them too much on that one. I will say I do think those types of rushes maybe were coming a little bit too easy for Tampa throughout the game as a whole, certainly as, as the game got later on. But you got a pretty good game out of Georgiev helping bail you out of those situations. So when you move on from that one, the Avs hold the one goal lead into the third period. Uh, that the game tying goal is just weird to me. I I don't really know what to make of it. 
the Avs do have one opportunity to clear on it that they fail ultimately, but then you get a weird knuckling puck. There's a body in front. I I don't know. Are you blaming anyone for that, Megan? Not any one person. Like there are several points where they could have redeemed this play. Like they could okay. have rescued it. I even think Sorelli on entry. Byram tries to stop him. He goes to complete the check. His timing's just ever so slightly off, yeah. but it's off enough that Stamkos is able to collect the puck from Sorelli, get in. I think it's Andreas Englund who tries to challenge yeah. Stamkos, and he just doesn't get the puck off him. Like, he has his stick ready to work it away from him. He's unsuccessful in doing that. Then he sets up Sorelli. I think this... So I've rewatched it a couple times because I also tried to figure out why it happened. It was a little weird at this point, but I think Miko Rantanen actually had a little bit, like, got a little bit of his stick on Sorelli's shot. Something weird, And it caused it to go weird. And so for that reason, I'm not really like, ah, Gergiev or ah, Byram, you know, or Anglin. Whatever, yeah. Right. (laughs) Those are one of those plays where it's like, that's why you can't have the other mistakes. That's why you can't give up the other goals in this game because ones like that, you just, what do you do? Andre Senglin, you get your stick <laughs> on the puck and, Fair enough. Off, and get Stamkos off it. I mean, I'm not totally blaming him either, but just, man, it was right there. Could have had it. Could have, should have, would have. There's a couple, like, you know, the later goal with, with McDermott, very similar feeling. We'll talk about that one because I, I didn't like that goal. Uh, but but that really is the feel, I think, looking into this third period. And, again, I, I don't want to blame the guys – that are at the bottom of the Avs lineup right now, no. but how different does a shift look if it's Eric Johnson defending Steven Stamkos or if it's Josh Manson defending Steven Stamkos? Not that England's been bad. No, it's hard to say, too, in that situation specifically. You know, I don't think a lack of skill causes it. Maybe, though, if he had a few more reps in this league, the timing would have been there for him because – Everything else about where he was was prepared to handle it. It just, it's the way she goes. (laughs) It's the way she goes. You've been listening to too many hockey player interviews (laughs) if you're saying that. I can can tell you that right now. Uh, That ties it up 2-2. How how did you feel about this third period? To me, they have obviously started slow. But I felt like they pushed back in the right direction against it. It was a weird period. Okay. This is where analytically they did let things get out of their grasp a little bit. Um, but they obviously didn't completely let go of it either. And so I'm grateful to that because this is where we see the Avs completely lose control of the game and completely chase. They, they obviously don't completely chase. They have an opportunistic moment born from Matt Nieto on the breakaway yep. that they're able to finish. And so for that reason, it's not a, a total wash of a period. But there, there were some issues with retaining possession in the offensive zone. It became a little bit more of a struggle for them and the chances that they were creating didn't pose as much of a threat as they probably could have. Yeah, it's, it was interesting. I, I actually don't hate the rate at which they were generating chances. I do kind of hate the rate at which they were giving up chances (laughs) Uh, they were not even numbers. Now, the Avs actually end up outshooting Tampa in the period. By a large margin. But that's a lot due to things like Steven Stamkos missing the net on a backhand right in front. Tampa not really doing a great job of, of finding the 4 by 6 more than anything. With that said, I don't think it was a horrible period from Colorado as a whole. You mentioned it. Uh, what probably should have been the game winner, in my opinion, is Dennis Mulligan's goal. Look, doesn't very few people beat Vasilevsky ever. Dennis Mulligan's good enough to do it. No two ways around that. We won't be able to say something like that very often, mainly because there just aren't a lot of goaltenders like Vasilevsky to say that yep. Dennis Mulligan could beat. But because finishing has been a criticism of him, it's very rewarding to see him get that one in on this goaltender. And it's also redemptive for Matt Nieto, who in the former Tampa game yeah. was unable to capitalize on his breakaway. No it one. creates a rebound that Dennis Mulligan, using his speed, is able to clean up. And it feels very rewarding for both of those players. And I think, again, looking at positives in, in this game, it's important to look at things like that and say, hey, 
you have something that's working in your bottom six here between Nieto and Mulligan. Maybe that's something you can lean into in future games, something you can rely on. You look through the rest of the lineup. I think JT Comfer struggled a little bit tonight. Maybe you look at how you can activate someone like that with the rest of your bottom six. It, I get it. You're, you're not talking about a major impact thing when you're talking about your bottom six, but it was pretty important tonight because it ended up getting the abs at least one point out of this hockey game. Uh, unfortunately, it's not two points. I, I really, I really felt like that goal should have stemmed the bleeding for Colorado in the, in the third period. You just get one, one catastrophic play that I, I'm really willing to write off the first two goals. Yes, obviously you want better on the first one for multiple players, but Tampa's going to get odd man rushes. They're a good hockey team. The third goal the Avs give up is McDermott collecting the puck deep in the zone, panicking with it, throwing it to JT Comfer, who isn't prepared for it, which is somewhat reasonable, but still you would like him to make a better play with the puck. He doesn't. He just kind of shovels it to the blue line. It doesn't get out. And then I can, I can live with all that. What really frustrated me here with McDermott, the loose puck that comes back into the zone, and he just stops moving his feet. He just reaches for a puck. He, if he takes one more stride, he gets to that puck. It's out of the zone, and we're not talking about this. Instead, he reaches. He gets his pocket picked clean. Allows uh, <laughs> Byram didn't play this super well defensively either but he also got completely hung out to dry by McDermott on the play. Uh, that allows the lane to the front of the net, and, and Georgiev ends up getting beat on the far side of it. It's just, again, it's tough. I, obviously, you need a better play there, but as we said at the start of the show, that's who the Avs have on defense right now, and sometimes that's going to happen to you. Is there a way to fix this that isn't just target guys back, Megan? I mean, they will get guys back. And so you can hope for fewer mistakes that happen in that way. Because in the case of McDermott, he just needed to play more simply. There was no reason for him to try and send a breakout pass for yeah. Comfort to drive up ice just because it wasn't very yep. well placed. I like don't even blame Comfort there because I don't it was either. just so far ahead of Comfort too it, it he just wasn't it really wasn't intended for him at that point yep. based on the delivery of it but it's an effort thing too then when that puck is floating and it, it stays within the zone for him to just take a few extra strides towards it get a, a little bit more of the stick on it so that it isn't easy yeah and he just made it too easy and McDermott is not somebody who was meant to be easy to play against. He's supposed That's to be the stay-at-home defenseman type. Yep. He needs to be difficult to play against in that moment, even if he makes a mistake. It's a really good point. That The expectation for that guy is not, oh, I'm going to reach out and collect the puck. It's you have to go through me to get to the puck. Absolutely. And that's just not how that play worked out. No. So. I don't even, yeah, I'm not even upset with Byram kind of falling. He, he's trying to get there, yep. and he just doesn't in time because he is trying to save that mistake. Yeah, uh, it's just couldn't bail him out of that one. Uh, you gave a guy too much room in the middle of your ice, and unfortunately that's uh, the goal that gets this game tied back up. Uh, the rest of the third period I, I really didn't have a big problem with. Uh, yes, Tampa outchanced them, but the Avs stuck with it. They got this game to overtime and is not getting too disappointing. Absolutely. Is getting that one important? Very. You go into Minnesota tomorrow tied now. And I get it. It sucks that they're on a back to back. It sucks that Minnesota is rested. Yeah, all that sucks. The Avs have no control over that. They had control over tonight and they kept it from being a complete disaster of zero points. I would argue they didn't make it a disaster at all. Again, I think they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with a team that on paper right now is just better than them. Hard to ask for more than one point, in my opinion. Well, and comparing it to the last game wherein they don't get on the score sheet at all. Night and day from it's that. It's yeah. very encouraging that they are able to find ways to score. It's formulaic in that you get a little bit of depth scoring. You get Lekkanen. You get McKinnon getting goals. And you have players like Byram contributing to how these goals get scored. It's definitely improvement 
from one game to the next against a team that is a Stanley Cup championship contending team. Ed, they might not have won it last year. They've still made three cup finals in a row. It's not like this is some pushover of a hockey team. Uh, on that note, we are brought to you by Illegal Pete's. You can go get their delicious burritos. There's a location just a couple blocks down from the bar, but there's also 10 different locations here in Colorado. You got to check them out. They've got fresh ingredients for all. Every diet you might need, whether you're uh, vegan or what's the other one I always, paleo, vegetarian, well, yeah, vegetarian. Vegan, I mean, like, if you're vegan, vegetarian, or, like, you have gluten-free actual dietary restrictions, they have you covered. But also, like, paleo, keto, some sort of other diets like that, they do have options that will fit whatever it is you might need with Illegal Pete's. They're also just delicious by the way i feel like that goes unmentioned their burritos are really really good i like legal pizza a lot so just go get them because they taste good i don't know it's just not that complicated they also do happy hour three to six they have amazing margaritas it's a great place to pregame before coming to the dnvr bar and you know when you're getting around town if something does happen i hope it doesn't but if it does all you have to do is press two for a while and Bacchus <laughs> and shanker has you covered you can reach them at 222-2222. They will assess your case. Is that the right word? I, that sounds perfect. All right. They will assess your case. If they think you have one, they will take it on for completely free. It costs you nothing until your case is won, which is a big deal because most of us here at least don't have the money for a court battle. Uh, I certainly don't. I <laughs> I would be out of money immediately if I had to go to court. So Bacchus has you covered. So does Shanker. They've been doing it for over 25 years in Colorado. They've won over a billion dollars for people in the state who have had problems like a car accident that wasn't their fault, even if it's a rideshare situation, or maybe you got injured at work. They will make sure you get what you deserve. Check them out at coloradolaw.net or hit that two number and see what they can do for you. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. We get into overtime. I already saw chat talking about it. I don't think either team was very good in overtime. <laughs> no. For the Avs specifically, it was shades of Pittsburgh. But yeah, neither team was really good. <laughs> I was really keyed in on why the abs weren't so good, so I'll let you sort of talk about what you didn't like about Tampa. Yeah, so, I, I'm sure you'll get into this, but at times it felt like the abs was trying to give the puck away in overtime, especially through the middle section of it. And then Tampa would just be like, no, have it back. We'll, we don't want this. We're not, we're not committing to it. They just really struggled to do an effective job to get quality possession time at all on Tampa's side. They would win face-offs. They would do things. They felt to... I, I, it's hard to explain it exactly, but they just struggled to do simple things like reset with the puck effectively. And part of that is is some... There were some bright spots. I thought Val Nichushkin, super strong defensively, created a little bit of havoc out there for Tampa Bay. But a lot of it was Tampa just not executing very well. On Colorado's side... For me, it was mostly the same, but I'll, I'll let you take it. <laughs> yeah, I I felt like, and it's not to zero in on any one player, but they were doing the thing where they want to be cautious so they're unafraid to exit, reset, and try to get the entry that they want and establish the zone the way that they would like. Um, there was maybe a little bit too much patience, though. Like In the past, we've seen them not take enough time to establish the zone and just rip off kind of worthless shots in this case i felt like they uh maybe demonstrated too much patience and it, it just ended with the puck going out of play it, especially very early in overtime I, you had gerard sitting back behind his net for a good 20 seconds there or was something. a moment where i was like is that the strategy like is, <laughs> are they just going to sort of what's it pinball pinball it back to each other and just not enter <laughs> the ozone at all <laughs> play five minutes to well, get to the shootout there was this really weird moment where it was byram who entered the ozone and he he mishandled the puck by accident yeah. and then he kind of just stopped and he <laughs> wasn't like i should try to re redo this <laughs> it just it was very weird like the controller had been unplugged from him <laughs> too much xbox for too the much kid. xbox <laughs> 
I, I agree, though. There were some weird, I don't know if it was the same play or another play, where they get the blue line barely and kind of get stuffed up, and I think it was Byram just kind of dumps it into the zone. And it's like, okay, that play makes sense at five on five. <laughs> it's three on three, though. Who's going to retrieve it? Right. <laughs> like, uh, it, it just felt a little bit illogical at times for both sides. But for Colorado, even with their struggle play, you mentioned it, they probably get the best opportunity of the overtime off a rebound. Hit the net, Miko. <laughs> I feel, yeah, that was tough. That was only one that gets out of play too. Like it wasn't just him. He wasn't the only one doing this, but it's that true. was the most dangerous of both teams, in my opinion, yeah. chance that they had. Yeah. I, I really don't think Tampa was that dangerous. They had maybe that one quality opportunity um, on the right side against Gary. I mean, I forget who it was, but it, even that didn't feel insanely dangerous. Either way, the OT was weird and bad for the most part, as far as I'm concerned. You get to the shootout, and you know, I I I was saying a halfway through overtime, do you really want to go to a shootout against Vasilevsky? It turns out the answer to that is no. <laughs> no. Yeah, just the I don't know if you have a feeling when the shootout begins of how it's going to go, but I feel a feeling, and I just didn't have a good feeling. I just didn't think the Av shooters had it. And I hate that. I don't, you know, I don't like being down on the team, but I had confidence in Georgiev, but I just didn't have confidence in the F shooters in this moment. Well, that was spot on. So well, go with your gut. It feels easy to say in hindsight. <laughs> I had a little bit of hope for Rodriguez because he could beat Shesterkin. So I was like, okay, maybe. Yeah, it's, unfortunately, it's time for a new move for me, Rod. Honestly, I, all of them. I, I, yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> E-Rods is a little bit more directly exactly the same thing yeah, no, every single time. Very true, very true. I know we tried to do it on the forehand the one time, but that's really still the same move. It's It was cool. It worked twice. I do not blame him for continuing to do it for as long as he does, as he's done. But, okay, time to show us something else. The move is out. People know what's up. The move is out. The people, they're on to you. Yeah. Jay's up. <laughs> yeah. It, it's not going to work anymore. Uh, the other two, uh, I, I don't really know. With McKinnon, it's weird. I said while well, on the watch along while I was watching it live, it's almost like he's his moves are too fast. They're so fast that the goalie's like, "Well, I'm just going to stand here and and Stonewall, wait." Yeah. <laughs> well, it worked. <laughs> so that one's tough. Miko's always a tough read. I, I didn't hate what he tried to do. He just didn't quite execute well enough on the shot. The other side of it, I mean, look, going up against a murderer's row of Stamkos, Kucherov, and Point, Georgiev gives you two of three. He, he just didn't get a goal. That's why I still felt like this was a valid goalie showdown. I would prefer it go the other way, but he still stopped two good shooters that yep. he, he should get some credit. Agree. Uh, uh, Kucherov especially. That dude's nasty. Yeah. And and Georgiev bodied him. So I again I, I know it feels weird, but I really mostly only have positives coming out of this for Colorado, despite Absolutely. not getting the W. So it's a good feeling to have, even if you're upset about the loss. But uh I I really wouldn't even be that upset about it. I I started doing it today on Twitter. I said I'll I'll make a video of four seconds long every day telling you the Avs playoff odds percentage. Going into today, it was 80.6. Getting a point means it's going to go up. So, tomorrow will be a big swing game, though. Let's not kid ourselves. It's an important one. We do have some super chats to get to here. $2 from Vaguely Sober. We already, uh, we already hit this one, but yes, the sweaty boys are back out for Vaguely. Thank you very much. I love that he supports Charles Houdon <laughs> and Dennis Mogan, evidently. <laughs> I just, everyone needs to root for the underdogs. I'm here for it. Uh, another one from Vaguely Sober who says $2 best part of tonight's game. No new injuries. I mean, I hope you're correct. 
I, I'm just not even counting my chickens anymore. I, I took a big sigh because of what we learned about Eric Johnson. Yeah. It will be weeks, I believe, Bednar said. He said, yeah, it'll be weeks. And he used the phrase, he's going to be out sometime. Which is Bednar speak for a while. <laughs> I mean, we'll see. Uh, obviously, you never want anyone to be injured. Depending on how long the EJ injury is, it certainly makes things interesting when it comes to LTIR and the trade deadline. So for content, it might be decent at least, but hopefully EJ's foot is okay. I, again, how much it does, how much difference does it make if you have an experienced defenseman in tonight's game, let yeah. alone going forward? Uh, $5 from Josh here who says, I don't think you can be happy with a game in which you blow a third period lead. They have to overcome the injuries they need to stop being an excuse. I, I don't disagree. I don't, if you want to be mad about them blowing a two goal lead, that's perfectly valid. But I look at the way that that two goal lead gets blown. And I look at Andreas Englund and Curtis McDermott being the two critical mistake guys on goals. And neither of dudes, neither of those dudes are in your lineup in the playoffs, or you're in big trouble in the playoffs. One of the two realities. Andreas England would make a great black ace. He'd be an okay seventh. I think he'd be an okay like seventh. In waiting in the balance, but not it's a break in case of emergency player. And if that guy gets in your lineup, you're sheltering him. He is getting 100%. exactly zero shifts against Steven Stamkos. If you have a healthy defense. <laughs> Sorry, Inky. It's not even hate. It's just reality of the situation. Two more dollars from Degro, who says, I still love this game. G-Man was great. Gerard involved in both the first two goals for the Colorado Avalanche, even though he, he won't get rewarded on the score sheet necessarily the way he deserves to. But you're seeing the Avs top end of their defense play pretty well. I think that's why uh, part of the reason I don't have a problem with this. Devontae has played 30 minutes tonight, played really well. Sam Gerrard played, I think it was 24-30 or something like that. Wasn't a perfect game, but played well. Bowen Byram played really well. He's our king of the game. So you're getting what you need out of the top end of your defense. You got three goals tonight. You got it from the top end. You got it from your bottom end. You got reasonably good goaltending. You're just looking at the bottom of your defense and going, boy, I wish they were one goal better. I, th that's why it's just hard for me to feel bad about this one. Uh, if you want to be upset that the blown leads is a consistent feature here that they've struggled in third periods, I think that's totally valid. I can see why you would be upset. It is something the Avs do need to do better. But when you look at the context of why, at very least tonight, it's just not a problem that I'm worried about. If nothing else... As we've already heard, it's a good chance Josh Manson plays tomorrow and Kale McCarr is skating, so he's not that far away, it sounds like. Yeah, I know that there is concern around McCarr because of the nature of the injury, but I do think it's encouraging that he is skating with the team. Look, I'm not a doctor. I, I'm not going to try to diagnose concussion symptoms or anything like that, but we've seen in the past with a lot of the guys who have long-term struggled with it, they can't even go into right. the arena at all because of the lights. McCarr's already in there skating. That that seems like a good sign. Absolutely. Interestingly, too, Bed Myers was reassigned back to the Eagles, and I think it points to Josh Manson getting in the game and then probably moving someone like a Curtis McDermott. To forward or whatever. Or yeah. honestly, even going back to an 11 7 with McDermott in the box or whatever yeah yeah because I I don't know how they are feeling about McDermott at the moment but they might trust a forward taking extra shifts more at this point I yeah. thought Alex Newhook had some bright spots especially early in the game yep. that I I could see them doing something like that getting a little bit creative with some usage there or something giving him yeah giving him extra shifts uh and then two more from Degro who says, can I get a quick ref take? We kind of already covered that. I, I, were the refs amazing tonight? No. Were they so bad that it critically affected the game? Also, no. I, any problems you had with it, I just don't care anymore. Like, I, I, we've, excuse me, we've come far enough into the season where it's like, okay, 
Have the refs been bad this year? Yes. It's not going to get better. So get over it and play through it. And I don't know if you feel differently, Megan, but it's just not worth taking up any more of my time. <laughs> I So it's tough, too. The way that I see the game, I have no other opinion other than my own. And so it's just not something that I keyed in on personally. I don't know, like if I was watching the broadcast and maybe listening to what the broadcast team was saying about it, it might have influenced that. I might have seen that side of it a little bit more, but I just really didn't notice it. Uh, yeah. I, again, I, I, funnily enough, despite being told on this show that injuries can't continue to be an excuse, I think that's a way better excuse than the refing. I'll put it that way. Uh, and then we have a late one here, $2 from Australia Lanch, who says, just thanks to you. Much appreciated, Australia. Uh, yeah. I. Is there a world where missing this point is important and it comes back to bite the Avs? Maybe. I, I wouldn't say that this point is the one you're looking at if you look back at this season and say, oh boy, the Avs just missed this, that, or the other thing. There are plenty of losses that were a lot worse than this one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I, I just am not going to overthink and overstress about this one. I'm going to tip my cap to Tampa Bay, give them credit for being a good hockey team. That's all I really got. Any other, any other thoughts from you, Megan? You get Manson back. It gets better than it did tonight. And it wasn't bad tonight. It just, you hoped for better. So you hope for better tomorrow. Curious to see Georgiev is expected to be back in that. Um, so yep. hopefully he can also have a good team performance in front of him as well to just begin building some confidence and stacking some wins. Look, the best way to get over a loss is to win. You win tomorrow night, you get three out of four points on this back-to-back, -back, especially you win the game against Minnesota. Nobody remembers the loss to Tampa. Who? <laughs> confidence. I like it. Uh, we're going to wrap up the show there. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out with us all night on your Valentine's Day. I hope you had a happy Valentine's Day, even if it was sitting here with me. Uh, I'm not a good Valentine's Day date. I'm sorry. I apologize for Either that. Neither are the Avs. <laughs> true. Avs don't have a great track record of Valentine's Day. Uh, but we will be back tomorrow. Uh, Pre-game live. No, there won't be a watch long because the Nuggets are on tomorrow. So no watch long. But pre-game and post-game. We got you covered with those. Be sure to tune into that. Until then, we will see you on the next one.